Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. When I found out I was going to be a parent, I immediately felt a lot of anxiety and worry. So I went on to BetterHelp to try to look for a therapist to help me with that. My relationship with my family and with my boyfriend and with myself were suffering. I really needed help. I was ruminating a lot. Really getting those thoughts out to a therapist and getting feedback was just life-changing. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Welcome back. This is Savvy Psychologist. I'm Dr. Ellen Hendrickson, and I'll help you meet life's challenges with evidence-based research, a sympathetic ear, and zero judgment. So at long last, this is the episode where I introduce your new Savvy Psychologist, Dr. Jade Wu. And in planning this transition episode together, we decided we would ask each other about the state of psychology today. And that is the concept, not the magazine. So Jade and I are hanging out in our respective home studios. So hello, Jade. Hi. Hi. So by home studio, at least for me, I mean my guest room with pillows all around me. But <laughs> so for, for you, where are you? I'm in my mom's walk-in closet. That's because it's even a little better. nicer than mine. <laughs> That's awesome. So my yeah, the, I, I twice recorded in the back seat of a rental car, and oh, that once works. recorded under a blanket. So the, I think <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but I would much prefer a walk-in closet. So I want to start out by telling listeners that we know each other because I think it's important to say that we have known each other for uh, a number of years because I had the pleasure of supervising you when you were in your final year of grad school. And I have just always been impressed with your presence and your professionalism, uh, not to mention the fact that you are just a super human being. So I am so glad. <laughs> and, and I know that you are the exact right person to take over Aww. the reins of the podcast. Thank you so much. That's so kind. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> So to brag about you, um, I want to read parts of your bio. So currently you are a clinical psychologist at Duke University School of Medicine, and you specialize in health psychology, which for our listeners is the intersection of mental and physical health. And you super specialize in behavioral sleep medicine and women's mental health. So basically that means there's nothing you can't do. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's super fun. I'm happy yeah, to be doing it. <laughs> absolutely. And to brag a little more, you present regularly at international conferences. And for our listeners, uh, they are you're familiar with all the studies that I reference on the show. So Jade serves as a reviewer for those studies, which is to say that she acts as a gatekeeper to make sure only the best of the science gets published for some really top-tier journals like the Journal of the American Medical Association, the British Medical Journal, and Behavioral Neuroscience, to just name a few. And you currently live in Durham, North Carolina with your family and many dogs. So t tell me about that. 
That's right. I have we have three dogs and we actually just got six chickens. So we have oh my gosh. <laughs> nine whole animals. Nine that's that's a lot. That's a lot of warm fuzzy creatures in your home. Lots of warm, fuzzy creatures, lots of hairballs. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, lots of and poop. feathers. Lots of poop. Yeah. Yeah. There's a so theme. much poop. Yes, yes indeed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so we thought that a really nice way to, to wrap things up for me and to warm things up for you would be to interview each other about the state of psychology at this moment in time. So here we go. So Jade, I'll ask you first, what, uh, in your opinion, is the biggest mental health problem that we, as a you know human species, uh, face today? Hmm. Can I do a, a challenge instead of a problem? Of of course, you can. You can pivot. Yes. Awesome. Okay. Well, I think one big challenge that we face is adapting to the rapid changes in technology. So I don't mean that technology is bad for mental health. In fact, I think, you know, it makes us more connected. It puts more knowledge at our fingertips. It gives us greater access to mental health care. So that is all really awesome. Um, but just like with anything else, I think the story is a little more complicated because we don't really have a full understanding yet about how technology really affects mental health and also how mental health affects how we use technology. Oh, it's so, bi-directional. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, absolutely. I think it totally goes both ways. So, for example, as you mentioned, I'm a behavioral sleep medicine specialist, which means I help a lot of folks overcome insomnia. One major thing I've been noticing is that people are coming into the clinic saying that they've been tracking their sleep with Fitbits and other wearables. So you and I both know that in terms of, you know, conventional psychological wisdom, Self-monitoring is really good, right? It's a good place to get started if you want to solve any problem, right? Right. You need to measure like something you, before you can change it. Exactly. Exactly. Um, like if you want to exercise more, you want to track your steps. If you want to gain more self-awareness, you track your thoughts, maybe emotions. And you would think that you would want to do the same thing with sleep, right? You would and, think. Yeah. And actually, I do do a lot of monitoring of sleep with my patients, but when it comes to using wearables to track sleep, sometimes it actually backfires. Hmm. So there's this new term in our community, in the sleep community, that we're calling orthosomnia, hmm. which basically means when you get insomnia from tracking your sleep too much. Hmm. Yeah. It gives you insomnia. Exactly. So paying too much attention to your sleep data actually gives you insomnia. Now, that doesn't happen to everybody that uses a wearable to track their sleep. But imagine, you know, you already have a little bit of insomnia. Maybe, you, maybe you've been sleeping poorly for a week or two. So you're already kind of worried about your sleep, especially because you keep hearing everywhere that you should be getting eight hours or else. Um, so you're worried about it. Then at this point, scrutinizing your sleep data every single day then actually makes you more anxious, especially because with the gadgets that we're using, we don't really know if they're totally accurate or not. So we're getting lots of numbers. We don't know exactly what sense to make of them. We're just getting more anxious about sleep. And that can actually give us insomnia. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, it's really twisty and it's um, kind of counterintuitive in a lot of ways. But then it also makes sense because, you know, insomnia is a very psychological kind of thing. So sometimes when we overthink it, overdo it, it can backfire. So I think this is one example where 
using technology can be really good, mm-hmm. um, but we just got to be really smart about how we advise people to use technology and how we're using it to our advantage. It's a new frontier. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm really excited to explore more about it. And actually, one of my first episodes, my very first episode as a new host of Savvy Psychologist coming out on August 2nd, will be on getting back to basics with sleep. So I'll talk about how to trust your own body, how to figure out how much sleep you need, how many hours you really need per night. And and spoiler warning, that answer is not eight hours. Hmm. Okay, yeah. well, I, I already plan on, planned on listening, but I will <laughs> definitely listen now. This sounds very useful. Yeah, I hope it'll be useful for people. And I think it is really interesting anyway to learn the science behind it. Awesome. Very good. What about you, Ellen? What do you think is the biggest mental health problem we face today? Sure. So in my humble opinion, the, so the biggest problem, I think, is access to mental health care. Because if you look mm-hmm. at it on a world scale, just the, the vast majority of people have just zero access to mental health care. Mm-hmm. Now, even in the U.S., where we are, so there was a recent survey by the National Council for Behavioral Health, and it found that 56% of Americans are currently seeking mental health care, either for themselves wow. or for someone they love. And so that, that's more than half. So many people yeah. need and want mental health care. But in that same survey, 42% of people said that cost or poor insurance coverage was a huge barrier to actually getting that care. Mental health care is expensive and it's not available to everybody. And that is not okay. And even when care is affordable or accessible, there are a lot of other barriers like long wait lists. So like I know that the wait list at the clinic that I work at, which is you know the same clinic you trained at, is months long. And, you know, sometimes just getting to a practitioner's office is hard because nearly half of the survey respondents said that they have to drive more than an hour round trip to get to oh, treatment. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And I have, you know, I have some clients that I know, you know, travel even farther than that. So anyway, wow. it's a long way of saying that there was a lot of work to do. But in the meantime, um, I am really glad that there are new kinds of therapy that are emerging. It's not just uh, limited to in-office you know, Mm one-on-one traditional therapy because there's online therapy services. There are some evidence-based apps. There are peer support organizations. And all of those things help make care more accessible. Yeah, that's such a good example of how technology could be helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think it can expand access and really meet this huge need that is out there. And, Absolutely. you know, for me, you know, I, I try to do my part to chip away at this problem of access. And while, you know, I, I do say at the end of every episode that, you know, the podcast is not a substitute for care, which it's not. But my mission has always been and, you know, will continue to be even after I step away from the podcast to make evidence-based psychology accessible to as many people as possible. Because I started the podcast because I was I was frustrated at how much effective research and care like stays in the ivory tower and is only accessible mm-hmm. to people who live in high income or metropolitan areas. Because I think, and I'm sure you agree, that evidence-based psychology should be available to everybody, you know, regardless of who they are or where they live. So 
that's my soapbox, which I will now step off. And I, I totally will... agree. I'm yeah. totally up there with you. All right, we can. It's a it's a big soapbox. All right, there are a lot of us on there. <laughs> Great. So, yes. So okay. So now, rather than asking about problems, uh, let's ask about some solutions. So, in your opinion, what is the best kept psychological secret of our time? What should our listeners know? Well, so many things come to mind, and. I'm really excited to be sharing a lot of these ideas with listeners coming up. And I think what's coming foremost to mind is the idea or rather the practice of acceptance. So, Hmm. for example, accepting difficult emotions, difficult feelings. And I think acceptance is a very misunderstood term. Yes. I find that so many people um, interpret the word acceptance as resignation. Exactly. Like giving up or putting up with, you know, throwing your hands up, right? Like right. like you've lost a battle kind of and you, exactly. you're accepting defeat. Like, oh, I guess I just have to accept this. Yeah, yeah. I've right. definitely heard that a lot. But actually, acceptance means meeting reality where it is and then fully experiencing it. Hmm. Say more about that. Yeah. So, well, for example, have you ever sprained your ankle or broken a bone or something like that? Yes. Yes, I have. (laughs) What did it feel like? Not good. (laughs) It was very painful. (laughs) (laughs) Right. It probably hurt a lot, right? Right. Yeah. So someone who is practicing acceptance would fully feel the pain and say, yep, that really hurts and that really sucks. And meanwhile, they try their best to keep on living their lives and eventually the ankle heals and it gets better and, you know, all is fine. Mm -hmm. Whereas someone who is struggling, instead of accepting, might sit around lamenting all day Mm. about all the things that they can't do anymore because of the broken ankle. They, you know, endlessly play on a broken record, the if onlys Mm -hmm. and the what ifs. They might blame themselves or other people about the ankle. They might stew over the copay that was way too big, you know, at urgent care. Maybe they try to walk on the ankle before it's ready. They withdraw from people because they feel embarrassed. They feel guilty. So in other words, there's a lot more going on other than just feeling the pain. There's so much on top of the pain. Okay, yeah. Exactly. It's like on top of the pain, they're also suffering. Yes. So in other words, they're not just in pain, they're also suffering. Yes, that makes sense. And this is where acceptance comes in. Acceptance basically means fully allow the pain so you don't have to fight the unnecessary battles and wallow in the suffering territory. Hmm. So you might... Just sit down and fully embrace the pain and say, yep, it hurts and this is how it hurts and that's what it feels like. End of story. Hmm. And I keep on doing what I want to do with my life, having accepted that the pain is there instead of fighting against the pain because you're not going to win anyway. Right, right, right. That's a good point. Yeah, that it sounds equally hard and simple at the same time. Exactly. It sounds so simple. Like, yeah, just drop the suffering and accept the pain. Um, And it it certainly sounds easier than it's done. Of course. And I think acceptance, you know, it takes practice just like anything else. 
Um, but it has a lot of potential, I think, to help people not just struggling with physical pain, mm-hmm. although I often um, do this type of work with folks who have chronic pain conditions. Um, this can also help people with anxiety, depression, insomnia, uh, major life changes. So pretty much everybody. Trouble. <laughs> pretty much everybody pain, can use anxiety, a little acceptance. Life changes. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty much everybody. Exactly. Yeah. All of us yeah. have to accept some things that we don't like. And it's a good place to start. It might not be the end of the story of how you overcome this problem or how you tackle this uh, new goal or new change in your life, but it's a good place to start. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I, I love acceptance. I can't wait to talk about it more. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. So I kind of feel like I showed all my cards in last week's episode where, so I talked about my five biggest uh, psychological takeaways from hosting the podcast, like don't believe everything uh-huh. you think and you know, emotions mm. don't last very long. But in thinking about this, I realized there is one more that I could have added. And it's not really a secret, but it is definitely something that most of us, myself included, tend to forget. And that mm-hmm. is that our happiness all comes down to our relationships with other people. Because when I was researching how to be yourself, uh, I read a book about a study called The Study of Adult Development, which is the study at Harvard that started way back in the 1930s, and it actually continues to this day. And so in wow. that study, yeah, I know. So that's it's the ultimate in longitudinal studies. Um, and so they followed uh, 724 men, so some from Harvard, so, you know, the the privileged, um, and some from poor communities around Boston. And they followed them for decades. And the researchers measured a zillion different things from these men's lives, from their exercise habits to their alcohol consumption to at what age they stopped wetting the bed. And it all sorted out, all this data sorted out to a quote that I will steal from uh, the TEDx talk by the study director, Dr. Robert Waldinger. So he says, Good relationships keep us happier and healthier, period. And the, the takeaway um, that most blows my mind from the study is that the men who were most satisfied with their relationships at age 50 were the healthiest at age 80. And so, wow. it, yeah, I know. And so it does really cool. It is. It doesn't mean you have to be married. It doesn't mean you have to have kids. As long as you have people in your life who you love and trust that that counts. 
And this, you know, is somewhere where our culture has room to grow. You know, we have all heard that there is an epidemic of loneliness in America. Oh, 40, sure. Yes. So like 40% of Americans say their social relationships are not meaningful. 20% describe themselves as lonely or isolated. And I know that it's, you know, way easier said than done to connect with our fellow humans. But it is a, you know, a take home that can act as a North Star when we reflect on how we want to live our lives and what we want to choose to focus on. That is a really good North Star. Something that I'm, you know, trying to focus on in my own life. That's that's really great. And it this similarly to the previous thing I, I said, it also sounds really complicated yet simple. Yeah, that's the wonderful connection. It's it's a very simple concept, but it actually is multi-layered and, you know, can be hard to do. There's this saying I love that says hell is other people. And, you know, people can be super annoying or abusive or just, you know, or awful people. But there's a flip side that heaven can also be other people. You know, people can be awesome and loving and heroic. And so I think we, when we get irritated with our fellow humans, we also need to remember that, you know, people can be (laughs) awesome too. Beautiful. I love that. So, okay, here's my last question for you. So many people think that we psychologists have just, you know, perfect mental health, that we've got it all figured out. But we are human. And so I thought we could we could show a little vulnerability and talk about <laughs> you know, what what is something that you're currently working on in your own life? Sure. Yeah, this <laughs> we are definitely very human. And my humanness here is a little bit silly. But I have pretty bad phone anxiety. Oh, you you and millions of people. So not silly at all. Yeah. 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 It I've had phone anxiety for a long time, uh, for like as long as I can remember, actually. And I have been working on it. I'm much better now. But I'm a little embarrassed to confess that I used to be so anxious about calling people that I would only order pizza from places that allow you to make online orders. Oh, sure. Sure. So, yeah. So, like, a lot of Domino's, for example. (laughs) There's no need to do that. (laughs) Like, brick-and-mortar mom-and-pop pizza shops I would pass on, unfortunately, because, you know, they had better pizza, but I had to call and talk to someone. So, I definitely missed out on a lot of good pizza for having phone anxiety. But it's funny because we're on the phone right now. I know. I was just going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm I'm a little proud of myself. Good for you. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Very yeah. Good. So and I know what I need to do. I just need to make a ton of phone calls mm-hmm. and then a ton more until it's not scary anymore. Until so it's super boring. I'll be working on that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> good for you. Yeah. What about you? What What are you working on? Sure. Well, so I am working on my own perfectionism. Um, so when mm. I was researching the perfectionism chapter in How to Be Yourself, just this huge light bulb went off above my head because uh, <laughs> you know I, I was like, wow, this is me because I, I drag my feet when I'm starting something new because I don't like to feel incompetent. You know, I think I have this idea that ah. I should do everything well immediately. Immediately, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. I focus on my work too much. Uh, appropriate to the last question we talked about, like I don't, I don't focus on my relationships as much as I'd like, and so uh. it's super good for productivity. But you know, working too much leaves me less connected to my friends and my community than I'd like to be. So I'm really trying to work on that in my life right now, trying to be kind of less of a perfectionistic overachiever, and instead to just focus on people. You know, both in terms of yeah. breadth and depth. 
That sounds like a really good target. Yeah, and it it makes me so much yeah. happier when I feel connected. So that's so great. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's so universal too. I can't tell you how many patients I have um, where perfectionism is one of the main targets that we work on. Oh, absolutely, and we're we're seeing it more and more in the in the clinic, especially with millennials and Generation Z. Uh, it's I think it's really oh, yeah, it's really growing. And yeah, so I. I've said, you know, before that if, you know, How to Be Yourself was the book I needed 20 years ago for social anxiety, a perfectionism book is the book I need now. So that is the next project. I had gotten some emails from listeners asking me what's next. So that's it. I'm going to start the next book and also uh, try to develop some online courses. Um, I've been diving into all sorts of research and it is fascinating. So I really can't wait to share. Awesome. So your new book is on perfectionism. Yes. Super fun. Perfect. That does sound fun and super useful. Super useful. Yeah. So, (laughs) yeah. So I think at this point, it is time for me to officially pass the torch to you, our new savvy psychologist. So I know that you and every single listener will have a great time being compassionate and nerdy and practical and helpful (laughs) together. My favorite things. Yes, absolutely. So have fun storming the castle. And I know that I, I am so excited to listen to you and follow the show as it moves on to its next chapter. Thank you, Ellen. I can't tell you how thrilled and how honored I am to be taking the baton on from you. I've been a huge fan of Savvy Psychologist all these years, and I was I remember asking you about it, about your process, about your how how you research episodes, how you were putting your book together, and I was just so interested and so fascinated by the work that you were doing. So I'm I never dreamed that I would be in your shoes. And I'm just really, really grateful that you thought of me for this role. So thank you so much for doing that. Well, I am thrilled that you will be at the helm, and I am so excited to listen. For our listeners, uh, let's not say goodbye. So definitely stay tuned to Jade and the show. um, And also join me. There is always enough love to go around. So head over to ellenhendrickson.com and sign up for the email list because I'm looking forward to bringing you evidence-based research, a sympathetic ear, and zero judgment for many years to come. So, so Jade, you all you mentioned that next week is going to be about getting back to basics with sleep. So I'm super excited to listen to that. Thank you. I'm excited to share it. It is a universal topic. So, dear listeners, be sure to tune in to Jade for a happier, healthier mind. Savvy Psychologist is audio engineered by Steve Rickyberg and edited by Karen Hertzberg. As always, Savvy Psychologist is strictly for informational purposes and doesn't substitute for mental health care from a licensed professional. And to each and every one of you, dear listeners, thank you from the bottom of my heart for the last five years. This show would be nothing without you, and I am excited to join you next week as a listener. So bye for now. Welcome, Jade, and thank you to you all. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. 
and you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.